1: Huddle up on three, one, two, three, huddle no up!
2: No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen.
1: Russian three, dropping an eight, and stabs up, now loads and throws, it's caught, it's pitched backwards, up in the air, it's on the ground, still in Clemson's hands, and now it is down, it is over, and the Irish have
0: knocked off number one Clemson. Fans on
1: their feet, rally towels are being waved. Brad
0: Lynch stretches. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. The Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. Eller for the draw. And as the puck drops. The words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since
1: 1974. The Washington Capitals are the 2018 Stanley Cup champions.
2: And now, welcome
1: everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast.
0: We're not going to be fucking sunk this year. We're the Stanley Cup champions. Yeah. Welcome everyone, Huddle Up Podcast, live here on our Facebook page as well as our Twitter and YouTube channels as well. We are glad you are with us on a Tuesday night, December the eighth, twenty twenty. We have tons to talk about this week, including a major decision and challenges of plenty. But first, make sure you are following us on Facebook and Twitter at Huddle Up Podcast and on Instagram at Huddle Up Pod. Check out our home network at NGSE Sports at NGSE Sports.com and of course we stream daily at leibsports.com. That is L-E-E-I-B sports dot com. Back with you here on a Tuesday night. We got Sean with us again. Sean, how's it going this week, brother?
1: Oh, it's going. Cold Cold night in uh, the Tampa Bay. <laughs> Creeping down lower into the 40s. Bundled up out here in the uh, Florida room. Uh, keeping it cool as always. And um, Yeah, we're just excited to have a good show. Really start to enjoy things threw the QB Eagles jersey up just for just for kicks uh apparently there's a QB talk in Philadelphia I haven't I haven't been on the news all day I have no idea what's going on
0: <laughs> you you don't know you haven't you haven't heard yet what uh what well, the situation no, no, so nobody's uh reached out to you yes nobody's reached out to you or anything that's uh, yeah, very no, very surprising very surprising and uh back with us uh for the first time in a few weeks Dave Dave how we feeling bud
2: yeah, we're doing well. Uh, got lucky with everything, so uh, pretty, pretty happy about that. But uh, glad to be back here and uh, in the saddle with you, folks.
0: All right. Well, it is. Uh, it is certainly. Uh, it is certainly good to have you back. And and um, we will obviously get to the NFL news um, later on in the show. But the college football uh, world has been a buzz today, uh, of course. Yeah, the Cowboys and Ravens right now. Des Bryant. Uh, missing tonight's game also shutting it down for the remainder of the season tested positive for covid um, so this is the second time now des Bryant has missed the opportunity uh to play against the Dallas Cowboys as uh before when he was with the Saints he had uh he had torn his uh his Achilles so uh, des missing out yet again um but the the, the big news uh today of course the uh, Michigan Wolverines um with uh 40 plus covid cases. Uh, on on their team, uh, ineligible um, to uh, to play this weekend against Ohio State, uh, which currently would leave Ohio State ineligible uh, per the Big Ten rules on returning to play um, for the Big Ten title game, uh, which would which would come up uh, not this coming weekend but the following. And um, before we even had had jumped into this. Uh, and knew this was going to be a thing. We knew it was a possibility. So I kind of threw the, the the question of the week out there: is is should the Big Ten um, kind of change their rules? And and obviously with with what we saw with Coastal Carolina and BYU figuring out a way to play uh, last week, uh, I, I guess there's still a possibility that Ohio State could you know reach out to a Texas A and M or or some other team that's out there find a way to play a non conference game, but Let's you know. Let's just kind of go under the scenario that they are not playing this weekend. They are not going to be eligible uh, for the Big Ten title game. Um, should Ohio State or should the Big Ten uh, kind of change the rules and and um, you know allow Ohio State to play in the, the the Big Ten title game, or should they just kind of stick to the 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 rules that they had put out when they returned to play for this season? And to me, I mean, it's it, it's an unfortunate situation, like like it really is. It it is a, um, you know, it, 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 the when you have forty plus cases uh, between kids and staff and everything, like that's a terrible that's a terrible scenario. But like to me, do I I I think the Big Ten should stick to the rules that they set and just hope maybe that the committee is gonna, you know feel bad for Ohio State if, if if the if the right cookies crumble if Notre Dame beats Clemson and Alabama beats Florida and those teams kind of get knocked out and you know maybe you hope that the, that the committee just goes yeah let's let's put uh you know let's let, let's put uh, the uh, the Buckeyes in um will I now will I do I think they will change I, I think they will. But I, I don't think they uh I don't think they should. Uh Sean, we'll go to you.
1: Yeah, I mean I, I think it's <clears throat> and I kind of spoke last week about the way the Big Ten handled the season altogether. Uh where I, I really think the Big Ten as a whole, whether you want to talk about COVID cases or not, really dropped the ball on this season. They made a stance that we're not playing, thinking that everybody would follow. Nobody followed, and then all of a sudden, they tried jumping in late with the shortened season, which was already setting us up for kind of a, a, a bit of a failure somewhere along the line anyway. And so now you, you, you're, you have worst-case scenario because you saw the possibility coming like we did, and now Ohio State's not playing a game. And for Ohio State, it puts them in a really strange situation because, like you said, they could schedule an out-of-conference game. Um, you know. And, and But then it's like, who do you schedule? Uh, obviously, you're planning on a shorter week. So are they. Um, you know, but, but do you go out and schedule an A&M for a stronger opponent risk losing? Uh, and then if, you know, if the big 10 had been thinking about letting you in, did you, did you ruin your chances there? Uh, do you schedule a Patsy, which kind of shows weakness? Um, so, so you have some choices there, but, but I think, um, I think the other weird thing for the, for the big 10 is, is weeks ago, Wisconsin was, was, uh, ruled out, ruled ineligible. Now Now they've since tanked their season a little bit with some losses anyway, Right. But there was no t- but there was no talk then. It's not like anyone in the Big Ten was like, well, we'll consider changing the rules. We'll bring up a meeting. There was nothing scheduled. It was like, sorry, guys, you're done. You know, and is it a little different because it was their own cases? Sure. But like <clears throat> when you set this rule in stone, like I don't understand why they even set the rule. Like you really just kind of set this situation up once again by setting a minimum number of games um, when you already were short enough. Anyway, why not just make that call later? like let a team in if they finish in first, like you can decide later what the tiebreakers are on an undefeated season, that kind of thing, but come up with a different way to do this. So I, I think it's, it's uh, upsetting for Ohio state. Sure. I think it's, it's going to, it's embarrassing for the big 10 anyway. And I think because of that, the big Ten's going to have a meeting. Uh, and I, and I, I've heard they're already have it scheduled as far as, you know, whether they let Ohio state in. Uh, and and I think they're going to, uh, at this point, in my opinion, let them play. Does it really change my opinion on Ohio State's resume at this point? Not really. I still think they haven't played really any quality teams. Indiana, you can make your argument, whatever Indiana is, uh, seemed to be a legitimate team, so maybe that's your one win. Uh, But other than that, in a shortened season, I I just – I don't see the resume there compared to some of these other teams, assuming what's in my head plays out in the conference title game. Um but definitely a disaster for the Big Ten. Yeah,
0: and we'll we'll kind of touch on, you know, some of those scenarios and 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 how things play out when we look at the, the college football playoff rankings here in a couple of minutes here. Chase, uh, who is from Ohio uh, is 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 very much adamant that uh you know they, they should allow Ohio State to to play an out of conference game, which quite frankly I would have no problem with that. I mean, we saw uh how things came together last week for um you know BYU and in Coastal Carolina um but uh Dave your uh your thoughts here on uh on should or or will uh, Ohio or the uh the Big Ten uh kind of change their stance from the preseason
2: yeah so uh should or will they uh quite frankly I don't care I have the the same opinion as Sean that the uh Ohio State is extremely overrated right now um their strength of schedules in the seventies. The last time I looked earlier this week, uh, their, their opponents other than Indiana have a uh, combined record of, uh, I think it was six and 18 or something on the year. Uh, so quite frankly, I don't really care, uh, one way or the other. If, if I'm Ohio state's AD, I think we need a, uh, we need another game here with, with Cincinnati or Texas A&M to, to really boost that resume. And, and quite frankly, you beat someone in the big big 10 title game Northwestern probably, uh, big deal. I mean, Northwestern's tougher than a lot think, but uh, y- you need something to really boost that resume, especially if uh, we have some chaos here that uh, um, Florida beats Alabama and Clemson beat, beats Notre Dame. You're not getting in even if you win the Big Ten without <laughs> scheduling another right. game there if you're Ohio State. Uh, re- regardless, it's going to be an SEC versus ACC uh, championship game here. So, Or not championship but playoffs. Um, do I think that they change? Um, I-, I think you have to change if you're the Big Ten. Because realistically, Ohio State's the only team that uh, that gives you any type of chance to get into the playoff. And it's all about money, as we've said numerous times. Um, should they change? Uh, I agree with what both you have said. The rule's dumb to begin with. Uh, and I've heard that there's repercussions if Ohio State goes out and plays someone out of conference, so it's somewhere in there that they get in trouble. But realistically speaking, the Big Ten's not going to do anything. Um, <laughs> Ohio State runs that conference and and it, it really doesn't matter. But uh you know, there, there's got to be enough schools that they could pick someone up to play. Um, maybe you play a BYU that, you know, was a darling last week type of thing and, and can't this week or pick up Coastal Carolina or someone that's, you know, that that you should beat handedly. But uh, I think we saw in the in the Indiana game that uh, Ohio State's weakness, they have no secondary, and uh, you've you got to be careful on who you schedule because they'll exploit it. <laughs> right. It's kind of like uh, – my feelings on Notre Dame are, are pretty similar there. That uh, they they have some weak D backs that can be exploited by the right team, but the the run defense is fairly solid. Um, so I think it's it's I don't want to I I think Notre Dame's better than Ohio State. Uh, I I really don't know what to make of this Ohio State team because they they floundered at the only test that they really had. Uh, they were up twenty one or twenty eight, and uh you know it came back to be a game versus Indiana. And if if you're that good of a team, it should never come back that close, especially at home type of thing. So. Um I think the Big 10 gives in and caves though but I uh, really don't care I need uh need a win out of Ohio State against someone else to really think that they're I don't even want to call them elite because I don't think they're elite but uh worthy of being included.
0: Yeah, I mean if you're if you're Ohio State at this point you're you're rooting for Alabama, you're rooting for Notre Dame. Um you know, you want you want Clemson out of there, you want Florida out of there. You you want nothing uh, of any of any of those teams um, that are that are directly behind you, you um, I think you know Texas A and M's season is over. Um, you know, so theoretically they can improve now. Do I think their resume is better than Ohio State? I do, but the fact that you know tonight when the when the college football playoff rankings came out, once again Ohio State is above Texas A and M. So you know, if if neither team plays again, which they don't to me that says ohio state is going to get in over texas a&m which i don't necessarily agree with <laughs> but um you know to me that's that's what the committee told us tonight um you know then you have iowa state if you, you're you're probably rooting for them uh to not win the big 12 um cincinnati not playing this weekend so they're only going to have one opportunity um, to play Tulsa in the in the AAC championship, so I, I don't even know if they can make the jump from eight to to jump Ohio State. Whether Ohio State plays again, um, you know, plays again or not, so Ohio State is rooting at this point for for the least amount of chaos. And by that, you know, the teams that uh, are highest ranked above them, the undefeated teams continue to win. Because yeah, Herb Street said it tonight. Dave, you said it. I agree with it, Shauna. I, I don't know if you do, but I, I would imagine you would, that if Florida wins the SEC title game, and this is assuming that these games are close. I mean, as we talked about last week uh, with when Nick was on the show, if Notre Dame gets blown out of the water by Clemson, if Florida blows Alabama out of the water, then things get even muddier than they were before. But if, if they're close... Don't clo- agree. If, if, possibly. I mean, we're talking gigantic. Um, gigantic. But if you're within... Two, three scores even. Clemson winning by twenty-one. Florida winning by twenty-one. I, I, I don't see Alabama not going. I don't see Notre Dame not going. It's pe- and again, especially and and the, the part of the reason we're having this discussion is because it gets tied back to money. Notre Dame getting in, that's money. Alabama getting in, that's money. You're like those teams aren't going to go away, uh, especially this year.
1: Well, yeah, and um, and and you have, I mean, obviously, like we, I talked about it last week with Notre Dame not going anywhere, and um, I mean, for Notre Dame to go anywhere, it's going to take that loss, but it's also going to take a lot of really big, strange wins from teams that are close. You know, I I don't see you know on a, on a regular slate of games and a regular slate of scoreboards anything happening um, to Notre Dame. Now, you know, obviously, Florida's got to. The, the thing is if Florida if Florida winds up winning uh, in, in the way they have been, now it's going to be tough for them because their defense is still uh, you know, fairly weak and, and um, you know has just kind of for, been fortunate to be uh, untested here in a lot of this run. Uh, but uh, if they were to win and their quarterback has uh, any type of game at all, that game would decide two things. One, Florida is in and two, that's probably your Heisman. I, I, if if that if that guy leads the league in touchdown passes and only has thrown three interceptions, now maybe even he throws two in a game against Alabama, but beats them, I don't see any reason why the the the, the quarterback Florida Florida isn't your Heisman Trophy winner. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I don't think they're going to beat Alabama. No. Uh, you 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 could bet my house on it. Please just take it um, <laughs> anyway. Um, but Ohio State has a, has a really strange scenario here too. I, I didn't really add to it, but. If you are going to schedule out a conference, um, they have the strange situation of strangely being able to beef up their resume with, without having to play a what would many would consider a power school. Because you may have Cincinnati looking for a leapfrog game. And at this point, why wouldn't Coastal Carolina want to play another one? Would I want to play Ohio State and risk like a New Year's Day Bowl? I probably wouldn't. I'd probably chalk it up and say, look what we did. We're pretty great. We're not in the playoff, but like we're all – if they added Ohio State and somehow beat them, all of a sudden I, I'd make the argument that Coastal Carolina is is in the discussion, depending what else happens, because you would now add wins against a top 10 BYU and what everybody considers a proverbial top four Ohio State. You add those, that's as good a resume as anybody else up there in the top four. So if you have a chance to schedule what some would consider a lesser team and, and still beef up your resume, but you yeah. risk that team. Jumping.
0: Yeah, if I'm if Coastal Carolina, I mean I'm dialing, Colu- you know, Columbus, Ohio, all day, all day. I like, I am not, I am not stopping hitting the redial button, um, on, on that one. But you know, it, it, it's because right now it's Tuesday, obviously. You know, we we saw how quickly BYU Coastal Carolina came together. We'll we'll keep an eye on that. If you, uh, you know, stick with us, um, on on you know our Facebook and Twitter and all of that, we'll we'll stay on top of it as much as we can. Um, and, uh, Sean, yeah, you brought up the, uh, the Heisman, uh, trophy. We haven't checked in on the Heisman watch. It, it's if it, this feels like such a strange year because you have know, it broken schedules and things like that. Like it, it feels like it's almost been a forgotten award. Um, you know, Mac Jones, quarterback of Alabama, at least according to ESPN is, is sitting, um, currently at, at number one, Kyle Trask, the quarterback from Alabama, number two, Trevor Lawrence, three, um, Devonta Smith, uh, the wide receiver for Alabama is number four. Uh, Justin Fields, Ian Book, Najee Harris, uh, Jared Patterson, the running back from Buffalo. Um, you know, uh, kind of rounding out this top five, top six, um, for the Heisman. But, but really, like right now, and and um, I said, you know, I I said to to my wife this weekend, I said, you know, it's a, a kind of a strange year, uh when Notre Dame is number two in the country, they're ten to zero, and their starting quarterback isn't anywhere near uh the the Heisman discussion, and and I mean. I know they were kind of building it up on NBC that that you know he should he should get some looks and I, I think Ian Book has had a fantastic season, um but it's it's been very quiet because it's 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 very different than what the the, the college football game kind of has become with uh, high scoring offense and and whatnot because Notre Dame has kind of played uh, a great run game Ian Book has been great running the ball and Notre Dame's uh, really done it. Um, you know, with the, with their with their defense. So for you know, to me, as I'm looking at it, and and Dave, we'll go to we'll go to you first after me, and then to Sean. Um, you know, I, I look at Mac Jones uh, at Alabama. I look at Kyle Trask. To me, it's down to those two, and I you know, I, I think whoever wins uh, the SEC title game, because I think that's where voting ends after the conference championship games. To me, that's your Heisman winner. I mean, a, a, any any of these guys behind them uh would have to have like unbelievable i mean like Trevor Lawrence would probably have to have like a 6-7 touchdown uh game against Notre Dame or something at this point uh to surpass any of these two um possibly you know if if Trask has a big enough game but but Florida's defense kind of blows it maybe he can get it in a loss but i think it comes down to which quarterback wins this SEC title
2: yeah, I think you're probably right on that. That uh, it's really coming down to the SEC title game. I mean, the the Vegas odds. I think you can get Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence ten to ten to fifteen to one right now if you really think he's going to make a run and the third favorite there. But I think it's between Trask and uh, Mac Jones, which is kind of disappointing because I think the uh, you look at the best uh, the best college player this year, and I, I think you got to go between the wide receiver at Alabama and uh, the tight end for for Florida and I, Pitts. I think is his name in, in Florida, but I can always, never remember the damn wide receiver in Alabama's name that you said earlier. Um, but, uh, you know, you look at the best college football player and those, those two are the, the top of the line there, I think from a lot that I've seen this year, but I think you, you've pretty much hit it spot on. And, and the thing that'll be interesting is if they have a pretty similar game, do, do trash numbers that are better than Mac Jones's, uh, take precedence here and, and give him the win type of thing. Um. Or is it going to, you know, kind of reference the game and, and how the game flows type of thing, too? And, and Florida tends to pass the ball a little bit more than uh, Alabama does. So that might play into Trash's hands a little bit, too. Um, but it'll it'll be very interesting to see. But uh, the other thing kind of squirting around here a little bit. But uh, I think that uh, both Alabama and Notre Dame are locked in no matter what happens in the title games. If there's no way that they're falling out, um, even if they get blown out 35-plus, I think they're both locked in no matter what happens. So, um, I really think that there's two spots left, and and we'll talk about that later. But that's kind of uh, my gut feeling on that before before I forget it.
0: By the way, Sean, uh, a a passing touchdown for Lamar Jackson. So, uh, y- any hope that you had, uh, I think, is pretty much uh, cooked at this point.
1: Yeah, I saw. That was uh, pretty much it. I, my only hope at that point was a soft tissue injury. That would have been about the only <laughs> chance I had left.
0: My God, uh, this this Cowboys defense is more holes than a screen factory. It, it, it's, it's unreal.
1: It's... And uh, although, uh, interesting breaking news uh, from that game: Justin Tucker missed a thirty-six yard field goal.
0: Thirty-six.
1: Thirty-six ends a an NFL record seventy consecutive kicks under forty yards. Uh, wow. Was the number for for. Uh, for Justin Tucker before that miss, no kidding. Um, I'm kind, of,
2: no. kind of surprised it was only seventy. He's so damn automatic.
1: I know, right? Well, I'm 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 thinking that once they're inside of thirty or inside forty yards, they just score touchdowns. Up to this point, so uh, I don't know. It's pretty crazy. But uh, but good good stat.
0: Yeah. Any uh, any thoughts there to the Heisman, John?
1: Well, I mean, I kind of touched on it. Um, you know, as far as you know that. And I'm kind of with you. I think the winner of that SEC title game probably did. Uh, I was a big fan of the dark horse from BYU, uh, but with their loss, you know, I, I think he kind of needed to go unbeaten to do it. Uh, yeah, he's still going to get drafted incredibly high. Oh sure. Heard a lot of heard a lot of whispers of Denver loving him, uh, which would be a very short trip from BYU. Uh, would be a pretty nice, pretty nice fit for him. Um, we all know Denver has a great track record over the last twenty years of drafting quarterbacks. Uh, I so- say, isn't
0: Drew Locke a rookie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that's what they're saying. they're saying. Denver loves him. They might draft a, I mean, I haven't seen a lot out of Drew Locke to, to crown him. I'm not saying that you want to replace him, but um, never a bad idea to have a, have a backup plan. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, kind of like Dave said, I think there's some players – you know. and when you look at the Heisman watch, there have been a lot of years where defensive players were probably the best player in college football, and you're never going to talk about them. Wide receivers get missed. Generally, it's just like the NFL MVP. If you're not a running back – uh, you're, you're never going to even maybe challenge a quarterback for it, Yeah. Uh, at least not often enough. So, uh, unfortunately, that's just the way the world works now. Um, so if you ever want to win a Heisman Trophy, you better learn how to throw a football or at least uh, run an option, one of the two. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I think we kind of touched on the head on that. Um, Heisman's pretty much locked down to two, maybe three, if there's a dark horse I'm unaware of.
0: Yeah, and we we had kind of touched on uh, kind of our our thoughts on where the college football playoff and 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 who those top four will be. We we hit on that last week. Um, so so as we as we jump into our our, our pickums for the week now, Sean. Uh, last week we both went one and two, uh, in college football. Yeah, great uh, week. Yeah, real great. Um, so you uh you maintain that four game lead. I'm at twenty five and nineteen. You're at twenty nine and uh, and fifteen currently. Um. But uh, I was I was gonna do a, a pick on the uh, Michigan Ohio State game just because we were talking about Ohio State and uh, I think the spread when I looked at it was like twenty. I'm gonna pick
1: that they don't play twenty
0: nine. Well, there you go. Uh, I'm not gonna mark that down officially. Um, but but something that that kind of has been brought up in the news uh, as well because um, because uh, two out of the five games I had written down to pick have already been canceled for COVID. So. Um, <laughs> You know, obviously, we, we've talked at various points throughout this season about the contract uh, and, and status at Michigan of, of Jim Harbaugh, and uh, a lot of the news over the past 24, 36 hours um, has been that they are actually now uh, looking at extending uh, Jim Harbaugh for 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 a few more seasons, um, and and which has kind of really raised the eye of 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 people, especially uh, Michigan fans. Um, but for me, what what this kind of I think boils down to, um, I'm not very shocked by it because because I think, um, and from listening to like Dan Patrick over the past couple days, um, and 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 just what we've seen over history, is Jim Harbaugh is about to enter his final year uh, of his contract at Michigan. So you have you have one of two choices: you either uh, fire him now, or you extend him. Because with college football, um, obviously, recruiting is such a huge part. Uh, of what college football is, and if you have a um, one-year coach who has not been renewed, not been extended, you're, you're looking at a situation where he's probably only going to be there for one final season. That's not really going to help when you're sitting across from a from a high school student saying, "Yeah, I'm going to be here when you, when you come uh, to the university admission, I'm going to be your head coach." So, um, you know, there, there's been no numbers attached to it, but. Uh, it sounds like it's a situation of, uh, you know, a multi-year extension where it would be less, uh, you know, less of a buyout, less annual salary. Because right now, Jim Harbaugh is like the third or fourth highest paid uh, college football. He's like eight, eight, almost nine million dollars a year. I think only Dabo, um, Nick Saban, and, and uh, I I forget the third one. Um, Charlie know, Weiss. Uh, yeah, probably still Charlie Weiss if we're being honest. Um so, so, what this does is it, is it kind of takes some of that 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 salary and its incentive so if Michigan does uh you know go to the big ten title game, go to the college football playoff, then is gonna make more money uh but if if they kind of do what they've been doing and and you know eight nine ten win seasons, but you don't go to a playoff, you don't win a bowl game, then it's the less of a hit, and the buyout would be less um so are are you are you more shocked that um at this point, based on what we've seen at the University of Michigan this year, we'll go to Sean, uh, that Harbaugh is – there's talk of him being extended or that he's not been fired. Like, what, what what is kind of maybe more surprising to you on that front?
1: I mean, to me, I mean, it's still, it's still him having a job. I mean, I, I was pretty sure that not only was it not going to be talk of an extension, that there was a chance this was going to end mid-year – um and I know it's a strange year and I know you can blame it on COVID if you want to, but it's not you know it's not that far of a stretch that with the the seasons of Michigan's been having that like a bad season wasn't on the horizon. And maybe the shortened COVID season was a gift in disguise for Harbaugh. Like maybe it was gonna be a tank year and an awful year and then the lack of games, you're like, Well, it's a crazy year. Uh <laughs> whoops. Um, I don't know. Maybe it worked out in his favor. Um now, the incentives in the, the contract and the, the inner workings of it, at least from what they're saying, uh, seem to make sense if you are going to extend him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think for me it's it's the fact that you're, you're looking to extend at this point. I, I don't know. I mean, I understand from a recruiting standpoint he's a better name uh, and having stability something. But he's going to clean, clean house on the staff to, to, you know, whether it's scapegoating or just trying to do shake something up. <laughs> That staff's going to be gutted. So it's. Not I would. Like you I would. Uh, know what the offense is going to look like. I would. I would uh, hope
0: and assume that somewhere in the agreement of uh, an extension that Don Brown gets fired as your defensive coordinator. Well, I'm, yeah, I think because I think you're going to
1: see a complete overhaul. I think. I think you're going to have um, new coordinators with their own opportunity to hire coaches beneath. I, I don't think it's going to be um, like one or two guys. I think it's going to be Harbaugh and a whole new slate. I think it's uh, so, probably
0: similar to what uh, Notre Dame and Brian Kelly did after the 4-8 probably. season.
1: Yeah, probably, yeah. So that's what you're going to see. Um, so, I mean, maybe things look up for him. Um, I don't know. I mean, I wish him the best, but, but he's got to turn it around against – Ohio State and, and and try to win himself at least well, a bowl game he's, he's here not gonna he's
0: not gonna lose to Ohio State this year this will be the first this will be the first time that, that he, he doesn't lose, lose to,
1: to, Ohio State. to Ohio
0: State uh Dave uh, uh more surprised that uh Harbaugh is uh still has a, a job or that he's uh, getting extended potentially yes
2: <laughs> perfect answer Yes, I mean the the jackass denounced gambling like three years ago, so he's on my hate list. <laughs> of, so, um, we'll just we'll just leave it at that. That uh, whatever comes to him, he deserves, and and get a new pair of khakis with the money while you can. There, mm-hmm. bow dog, Jim. But um, it, a couple other interesting uh, coaching rumors I've heard. I'm not wasting any more time talking about that garbage state up north there. So. Um, I heard that uh, there, there's a strong possibility Urban Myers going to Texas. I know I was tweeting you about that and or texting you, whatever it was, and and that was one I heard. And I heard that uh, USC is going to buy out uh, Cristobal. He has a uh, his buyout goes down by like four million dollars, uh, mm, okay. January 15th, something like that. So once day after that, uh, that it costs them four million less or something, they're going to buy him out, type of thing. So um, two big ones that will probably be on the market there, or one that's off the market, and then one that's going to be um back on the market for lack of better terms but uh, i think we can agree on one thing that and i i know that there's some chip kelly uh love in here but man i'd love to see him back out west and running something somewhere just to put that college offense in that was so much fun to watch can't do a damn thing in the nfl but to watch him in the uh isn't he in college the... that was yeah he's, he's coaching uh, ucla isn't he? ucla but give him uh, yeah. give him some talent or something yeah really like those, those origin years, man, they were
0: fun. Oh, that was fantastic! <laughs> now I thought I had seen um, on Sunday that um, Urban Meyer is is he's kind of shut down the the uh, prospect of Texas. Now we've seen these these things over the years where you know it that's it, it's a kind of more of a money play. Like ah, I'm not coming back. Well, here's two more million dollars. Ah, okay, you twisted my arm. I heard so. they were-
2: I heard they were looking at 12 and 13 12 and 13 and a half mil a year. So I don't know how true that was or anything, but uh, again, rumors and everything. So, you know, it's like everyone's sure. got an opinion type of thing. But if if that one has any materiality to it, you make him the highest paid coach, and that would be uh, that would be interesting. And, and you're in a very winnable conference that you oh, absolutely recruiting, and and you you could turn that conference upside down. I mean, there's really not a he, he could conference. he
0: could walk in there and and, and within. You know, one or two seasons of recruiting, and, and he could basically be the Big Twelve champion for, uh, you know, half a decade or or more, just based, you know, based on his ability to recruit defensive players. <laughs>
2: uh, I, do. I think I think that's one thing that that COVID's really shown, and and I do think it's unfair for a lot of these coaches, you know, that are I don't want to say being you know hand strung, hand tied, whatever you want to call it, but um, a lot of these coaches are getting the short end of the stink and and some of them. Deservedly so. I'm looking at you, Michigan. But um, <laughs> you, you uh, these coaches are putting it in a uh, you know it's a situation that they've never been in before. And the coaches that are succeeding are are, are clearly the ones that uh, can can rally and motivate their their troops, for lack of better terms. That it's not the you know, talent helps and everything, but um, you look at coaches and leadership and things like that. And the ones that are really you know rallying the troops, bonding with the team, is really what's what's getting it done. I mean, look at Indiana that came out of nowhere for lack of better terms. Awesome. And some of these guys, and, and you could tell that that uh, I can never remember his name. Hearn, is it Tom Hearn, something like that? But uh, yeah, uh, you can you could tell that he cares about these kids, and he's got you know sixty boys out there that are his sons that are playing every week, and it's it's that type of attitude that has gotten a lot of these these little schools, for lack of better terms, playing real well this year.
0: Yeah, and I mean that that's been that's been a big difference, you know, over over the past you know handful of years with with Brian Kelly as he's really kind of changed his approach uh to you know to dealing with you know with his ath- athletes from from the you know his early years at Notre Dame when you're seeing him purple-faced on the sideline and just you know blowing a gasket that when a guy makes a mistake he kind of pulls him in and is just kind of like you know what are you doing what are you doing and, and he you know he's kind of approached um you know himself uh a, a little bit and and um you know it's 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 paid dividends for you know for th- Three straight uh, ten, 10 plus win seasons, and the Cowboys just missed a field goal. Which are right, you kicking field goals at this point, anyway, you cowards? Because um, their your best player. But I'm I'm fine with it. The, you know, the the more the Cowboys lose, the better for me at this point. Um, Got a cover, baby. Like I, you know, for the Cowboys to lose, then that puts them in a great position for Jerry to screw up the number three pick in the draft. So, um, but let's go to some games uh, to predict. This one, not uh, neither team in the top twenty five, but it is. Uh, one of the most recognizable games in college football on this season. It is uh three and two Navy taking on uh seven and two Army And this one, uh, you know, normally taking place Philadelphia, Baltimore, and New York. This one actually taking place at uh Army, uh up there in uh in West Point. So a different look to this game, a different feel to this game, uh, but it should be a blast nonetheless. Uh Army is a six and a half point uh favor, which I, I think I saw as the first time they've been favored by this mu- this many points since like the early 90s um, or something like that 36 and a half is your over under three o'clock uh, on CBS um, you know nothing against Navy you know this is this is one of those ones where um, you know over the last couple of years we've seen we've seen this shift a little bit Navy uh, for one reason or the next just just has had a couple of years of struggle uh, so I like army here I think they're even gonna cover uh, the 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 seven and a half uh, or the six and a half, but uh, I'm going to actually go under on this one, and just because I don't like the other two games, uh, that it, that ended up uh, being this one by default is going to be my lock.
2: You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up.
0: Uh, Dave, uh, Navy Army.
2: We're gonna we're gonna go with uh, Navy here. Just go opposite of you, um, <laughs> and surely the the motivational uh, aspect of playing the, the service Academy games that the records don't matter and that type of thing. Uh, your army should, uh, should, uh, boat race them. How's that for a good one? Um, should boat race them, race them, uh, and pre- win this Stop pretty it. handily, a lot more talented, uh, squad obviously, but, uh, uh, you, two service academies would like to run the ball. So the unders, the, the under should be the correct play in theory, but, uh, we'll, we'll take, uh, We'll, we'll take uh who'd i pick navy navy catching this the You don't even know here. who you picked i mean you
0: said navy because you're against me day. i picked army you so said you picked navy yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> row the boat
0: row the boat <laughs> uh sean uh army navy
1: yeah i mean it's always tough because i i think a, a part of me wants to you know take the underdog in this one just because it's kind of one of those like you know it's all you can play for uh unfortunately i think track record wise you know i'm looking at at what these teams have done this year and 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 armies look real good. I mean, they've had a couple rough outings, but um, kind of, you know, there's a reason why they're favored by more than usual. Um, not to mention Dave took Navy. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, even though even though the COVID didn't get you, your picks still will. Uh, we're going to go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> yeah. Ugh, too soon. Too soon. Anyway. Wow. Um, wow. Went there. I've been saving that joke. It sounded a lot better in my head. I think I delivered <laughs> yeah, it poorly. Right. <laughs> uh, much like Navy will. Um, so I'm gonna take Army. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with Jim on this one. I think Army's gonna cover. Uh, I am gonna go the other way on the over-under though. I think thirty-eight sounds low, probably isn't, but um because Navy's gonna put up a fight, I think, you know, they're gonna maybe you see some quick scores, you see a little trickery, uh, and they just crack into the forties. Uh, I'll take the over.
0: All right, then we go to uh, Miami, Florida. The the uh, University of North Carolina. They are six and three. They are at Miami, uh, and I forgot to write down who their uh, what their uh, latest ranking because the College Football Playoff ranking just came out. So North Carolina seventeen, Miami is ten. So uh, uh, Miami a three and a half point home favorite over under sixty six and a half. This one at three thirty uh, on ABC. Um, you know, North Carolina. You know, they are a team. Uh, you know, obviously, we, we saw them with with Notre Dame the other week. Um, you know, lost to them, lost to you know some troubling games. They lost to um, Florida State and Virginia, but they they still put up points. And you know, maybe it's it's just the Notre Dame fan in me. Maybe it's my um, my hate, just my hatred of all things hurricane. Um, but, but I like North Carolina, um, to, to cover. I like the, I think North Carolina is going to win this game. Uh, I like the over, I think both the offenses are going to, going to move the ball. Um, you know, North Carolina, besides that game against Nerding, Dame, one of the most, um, high powered offenses in the co- country. So, uh, Tar Heels and, uh, to cover and the over. So Sean, what do you got?
1: Uh, well, I agree with you on the over. I think you're going to see a lot of points, um, and, and I do like North Carolina. I think North Carolina is a program, you know, and I, I think it's great when you have a, a powerhouse in one sport uh, starting to put things together uh, again in another sport. So I, I think it's great for the, the Tar Heels to be uh, this competitive in college football uh, in addition to just being what many consider a basketball school. Uh, so I, 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 I'm happy for them. I, I just don't see it happening. Um, I feel like, um, you know, it, it, it's fairly neutral. Both teams have had a few weeks off. The COVID's uh, kind of gotten a hold of, Uh, the ACC schedule here too uh, a little bit and um, I think with that layoff it just comes down to to who I think the more talented team is and I uh, unfortunately to to say so I think it is the Miami Hurricanes I think the defense is a little better Um, I I think that they have the ability to to stop teams a little more than than uh, North Carolina does so so I'm going to take the Canes here I'm going to take the Canes to cover at home Um, and and they're going to push the score up and, and take it over
0: Dave how about you?
2: We're gonna we're gonna go with uh, uh, UNC uh, losing this game by a field goal, and then we're gonna go with the under as well. Uh, Sam Howell is uh, pretty dang clutch in the, the fourth quarters here, um, but he's gonna come up just short on the, the game winning drive here or something like that. But uh, give me give me Carolina to, to cover the three and a hook, and uh, give me the the under barely. It's gonna be a hold your nose uh, under here.
0: The Ravens have 161 rushing yards in the first half.
2: Yeah, there was a point where they
1: were averaging like nine yards a rush and only four yards per pass <sighs> in the first half.
0: Like, and I mean, like don't get me wrong, I'd be happy the Cowboys are going to have a top five pick, but like, that's only one pick. <laughs> like, yeah, do
1: you just draft defense? Like, can just... like
0: can you literally just draft a defense? Like a whole one, you know, with like, the third pick we... in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Cowboys draft a defense. <laughs>
1: We, we draft the entire defense from the University of Alabama.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I would be totally fine with that. Um, all right, then we go to the Big Ten. Uh, Wisconsin just dropping out of the uh, top 25. Uh, they're uh, technically at, like, 26. Uh, they're 2-2. They're at number 16, Iowa, um, who is five and 5-2. They are a one-point home favorite. 42 and a half, uh is the over-under, which feels like a uh, Wisconsin-Iowa game. <laughs> uh, this one at uh, three thirty on FS1. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know what Wisconsin is, and I feel like they've just they've they've had such a broken schedule, uh, you know, due to uh, the COVID and everything. Uh, so I'm going to take Iowa uh, to Calver, uh, obviously, and win this game I, over. I, I like. I, I don't know. I have no <laughs> clue about either of these teams. Uh, but yeah, Iowa plus in the over, Dave.
2: I'm going to take Iowa and the over as well. Um, I think this Iowa team is pretty under the radar and pretty talented. Uh, you get a lot of uh, tight ends here, the, the tight end nation, for lack of better terms. That They, they brew more tight ends than I think any other school in the country. Uh, Cole Komet's out of Iowa, I do believe, and pretty talented. Oh, that, would
0: Dame, right now, but, that would be uh, Notre Dame, sir. Cole Komet's we'll
2: at Notre around. Dame, which is where the rest uh, of the tight ends Iowa come
1: the from. over. <laughs> Yeah, the rest of the tight ends come from Notre Dame. It's
0: Iowa fun. or Notre Dame, that's it. <laughs> also,
1: hang on to that name. You might hear it later.
0: Ah, aha, a, little uh, a little preview. Sean, Wisconsin and Iowa.
1: Yeah, you know, in the midst of all the COVID scatterings and the, the gaps in the schedule, I've, I've been riding Wisconsin to a, a grisly slide here at the end of the year. I, I like All my wrong picks, I think two or three of my wrong picks over the last month have been, Taking a Wisconsin in a comeback game and saying they're going to run all <laughs> over an opponent, so I refuse to do it another time. I'm going to ride with you guys. That way, if I lose, so do you. Uh, so I'm going to take Iowa. It's just as strategy well. at
0: this point for you, right?
1: Yeah, it's just strategy. <laughs> this game in particular, I don't mind going with going with my brain, but but I know this is the one. So so if you're betting in Vegas, think Badgers. Yeah, Wisconsin. I've, I've the three ship. of us agree I'm on the other side of the ship. Um, and if it's going down, I'm 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 drowning with you guys. Uh and sure, I'll take the over. Why not?
0: Why not? All right. We are gonna pause here. Well, the other game I was gonna have is gonna be Cincinnati uh and Tulsa. That one also canceled uh due to COVID. Uh the AAC championship will be between these two teams, whichever is uh ranked higher in the uh college football playoff next week, which which obviously should be um which should be the uh Cincinnati Bearcats. So we're gonna pause here. Uh, for our uh, commercial break, uh, stick with us on the other side where we have uh, our, some NFL discussions about teams tanking as well as our weekly pick'em. Stick with us, Huddle Up Live. These messages,
1: we'll be right
0: back. Huddle Up Podcast is sponsored by Arena Eats. Log on to the website, arenaeats.app, that's arenaeats.app, for the ultimate fan experience. At your favorite sports venue, Arena Eats mobile app, pre-order, express pickup, and in-seat delivery. How do you place your order? Welcome back, How to Up Podcast. We are live here on uh, Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. Uh, we're glad you can be with us here on a uh, on a Tuesday night. Dave had to uh, jump out, uh, being you know dad duty calls, uh, but uh, we were glad to have Dave back on the show this week. And uh, yeah, hopefully, I think we'll have uh, you know, fingers crossed, the full crew uh, here next week uh, as we uh, continue towards the end of the uh of the football seasons and uh and so sean we uh we look to the nfl now and uh before we get to the pickums uh this week in the nfl you know um this weekend we saw that the jets almost screw themselves out of the uh the number one overall pick but uh what was a you know pretty pretty well thought out or uh pretty classless uh uh, defensive play, uh, you know, there at the end, depending how you look at it. Um, to me, if it, it, you know this, this, this right here is is you know case in point, hammer at home. The Jets are putting this season in the tank, um, without question. But but like in in my mind, it, it brought this question of like, does the NFL have any responsibility to try to like? I don't know, protect, protect the quote unquote integrity of the game or anything like that. Like, is there anything that the NFL can do, should do, uh, to, to try and and keep teams from doing this? Or is it just, you know, and, and I know like the jets came out and they fired Greg Williams. Okay. So to me, all that was is like, Hey man, um, you're going to be out of a job this year at the end of the season when Gase gets fired. Anyhow, um, mission accomplished, We blew that play, you know, hell, he probably got a bonus (laughs) uh, upon his firing. That's what, that's my assumption. Um, But like, you know, I'm just looking at this and and like for years, this is kind of the reason why I've always said I, I enjoy college football better than the NFL because why, why, why there's no incentive. There's no reason there's, there's no drive for these guys to try to win like in the college game they're playing for themselves they're playing for their future these guys you know they they're going out they're getting their paycheck which is you know what they're what they're literally paid to do but but it doesn't matter if they win or lose and, and the jets clearly um you know they they had an objective this week they met that objective this week do you think there's anything the league can or should do to 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 try to discourage this from happening
1: Yeah, I don't know what it is, sort of, um, you know, if you can make the money follow wins and losses, maybe. Um, You know, if you can kind of, you know, if you finish that last place, sure, you get the pick, but you get a lesser percentage of the pie via profit sharing, something like that. Uh, Maybe there's like a, a bonus pull from the owners that the bottom half don't get, something like that. But I don't know. It's pretty hard when you're down at the very last spot to really have any incentive for being second worst (laughs) <laughs> you know, like, I, I don't really know what your incentive would be, especially when, like, the, the real money is in winning. Uh, so, like, you know, I don't know. I feel like I don't think teams try to lose. I really don't. This sure felt like it. Uh, but um, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like from, a, from an organizational standpoint, you might be hoping you do. And from a fan standpoint, you might be hoping you do. But there's a lot of proud guys out there, whether or not you want to admit it. Uh, sure, they get paid either way, but nobody wants to sit out there and get beaten their heads in and not win a game for 16 games. Nobody wants that. Uh, and and I think you saw, you know, unfortunately for the Jets, when you're when you're filling in guys and you're bringing in, you know, Rashad Perriman's there on his first year. Uh, you know, you're talking about drafting a quarterback, so it's not like Darnold's going to lay down. <laughs> right. You know, so like, yeah,
0: he's, you know, he's trying to get paid somewhere, auditioning
1: for the other 31 teams, or or he's trying to convince them that hey, you know what, I'm not dead yet. Um, and then you get guys, you know, Frank Gore go, well, first of all, Frank Gore's just going to play his heart out until he's 100 years old.
0: Right. Which is like two years from now. So,
1: yeah, every year, every year, 60 <laughs> yards, 60 yards a game, maybe a touchdown every game since he's been like 30. It's just 65 yards, one score. I'll get you that. Which he I mean, came in, the, he came
0: in the league when, uh, Walter Payton came in, right? Frank Gore?
1: is like, uh, Gail Sayers. Gail Sayers, Sayers. That's it. A- came in with Gail, yeah. Um, <laughs> but man, uh, I mean, they got beat twice because like, the play before, Derek Carr had a receiver down the middle of the field wide, wide open. Like wide And he open. overthrew him. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, good. All right, well, good job, Jets. My, my, <laughs> my Jets theory still playing out. And then they rushed six, which, by the way, um, there was a radio show I was listening to. They broke down. Uh, it was over the last, like, 15 or 20 years or something, this type of last-second play. From roughly the same distance, there were like 258 or 259 (laughs) plays. This is the only time in all those plays that more than four guys were sent after the quarterback. The first time in 258 similar plays, which is a play you don't hope for. Right. But you kind of plan for because you're like, hey, we got a close lead. Someone's going to throw one in the end zone. We got to be ready for this. And then like it was literally like we're gonna rush six and how does no one on that defense be like, No, we're not? Like a defensive end's like, I'm not I'm going I'm going to cover guys. Like like we like you're just cool with it. And then to get beat on a double move as if Henry Ruggs was gonna do anything else than try like like he cuts back in field and the defensive back bought it. Like he was gonna go underneath. And I'm like, How are you a yeah, starting it- corner in the NFL? Like your only job, like The only thing a defensive coordinator is supposed to tell you is don't let anybody behind you. I don't care what it takes, right? You know what I mean? And to get beat on a double move,
0: which which I'm going inside, which tells me, there, like I I don't, I don't mean to like be this guy, and I don't mean to be like conspiracy theory tin hat, you know, kind of guy. But like that, that's. It, it's an. So it's uh, awful. The optics the of fact it are that Adam terrible. Gaze has
1: a job means he's been given the pass. Right, exactly, so, like, like, and that's what I like, said. Look, you suck, and he's like, "Yeah, but I can make sucking look like I didn't try." It.
0: Because I saw a lot of people saying that, like, "Well, how how can how can they fire Craig Williams but Adam Gase still has has a job?" I'm like, "How many times do you see a team fire their coach and the team gets motivated and they end up winning a couple of games? They don't want to do that." <laughs> No, like esp- especially if, if the, the Jaguars season. keep if I, the Jaguars on keep the losing, promise
1: that he gets to coach next year.
0: If the Jaguars keep losing, why would the Jets win? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if the Jets lose that game, the Jaguars um, by I forget how the, the the breakdown worked. I think it's conference wins or something like that. the the The, the Jaguars become the number one pick.
1: Oh wow! See, I did the math last week on my own, and I and I was very difficult to do looking at all the little tiebreakers. And I had I needed the Jets to lose too, so I was safe. Yeah, no, it but, it, but it would now be now that I
0: know it'd be the Jaguars. So like, and, Jaguars and, are gonna
1: lose out. They're gonna yeah,
0: one the, the the like they're not Mike. You know the fact that they're they're still starting Mike Glennon tells me that they want Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> like, so so it, it it really is a battle for Trevor Lawrence at this point. I'm still even maybe trying to figure out how the Cowboys could maybe end up.
1: I think it'd be awesome if there was like a covid case in the league was like, "You know what? You guys have to play each other week.
0: <laughs> <Just laughs> and they play to a 0-0. Zero, zero zero tie. Zero tie. Like neither team like the teams just like or no, like they keep like getting safeties. Like the, like the, the the quarterbacks keep running backwards. Just throws it backwards of <laughs> the end like, "Oops." Like, like it, uh, it ends up being, you know, ends up being like 32-32 tie because it was a It was like a bunch of safeties, but, um, between
1: those two teams, there's literally like four quarterbacks auditioning for jobs. Like, they're like, yeah, I can throw. And then they're like, no Gardner, you can't.
0: Oh yeah. That's wonderful. So, um, I guess Dez found out about his positive COVID case, um, like right before the game. So he like, obviously was taken out of the game, but, uh, you know, playing against the Cowboys, like he's out there hugging, uh, Cowboys players and stuff, uh, in the pregame. So Yep. That's great. That's that's what you want to see.
1: Well you uh, said you wanted to keep losing. Well that's
0: true. That's true. Um but uh yeah. So Have yeah. you
1: seen the Des meme with like him and the catch in Green Bay and it's like the COVID virus. That's oh, 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 And it's literally like Des caught it. Oh
0: but the internet it. the internet remains undefeated though. Undefeated. The the internet forever remains internet will
1: always find a way.
0: <laughs> we'll always find a way. All right let's uh Let's go here Sean to the uh the Pickums uh for this week. Now I closed the gap Sean. I closed yeah, the gap did. one this week. Uh I was 3 and 1, you were 2 and 2. I'm now 26 and 21 on the season. You are 27 and 20. So uh it's 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 getting close. It's getting close here with a few weeks uh to go. So we start uh, oh, yeah, actually, but I'm going to
1: keep Adam Gase as my coach. If I lose him, i keep him. <laughs> you
0: know, there you go. Uh, we're going to start uh, in uh, in Los Angeles, uh, Inglewood. Uh, this Thursday night, it is the 6-6 six and six New England Patriots showing signs of life, getting up off the mat like the Undertaker. Uh, did not see that coming. Did not see that coming at all. They are at the 8-4 and four Rams, who are a 6-point uh, home favorite. 44-and-a-half is your over-under on this one at uh, Thursday 8-20. Eight, on uh, Fox and the NFL Network, um, call me crazy. Uh, call you know, I, I'm I don't know if I'm buying into the hype, uh, you know, or, or what exactly happened this past weekend. But maybe maybe Bill Belichick smells blood in the water, and and he's just, he's going for the kill now. Uh, I like New England to cover whether well, they win this game. I don't know, but I'm still not totally sold on the Rams. Um, you know, and, and if, and if Bill Belichick thinks he can get into the playoffs, I like my odds, um, with old Bill. So I'm going to go, uh, Patriots to cover, uh, and I'm going to take the over 44 and a half feels like a very low number, uh, in the national football league is didn't the Patriots just score like 42 this, week, this past weekend. And
1: yeah, now there was like three defensive and special team touchdowns, but yes,
0: but yeah, I, you know, it's, it, you know, that's the thing. Yeah. Cause I was in your league. Uh, not only was it going against Baker Mayfield, F that guy. I was going against the Patriots defense and special teams, F those guys. Uh, but I like New England this week to cover uh, and the over.
1: Well, I've been pretty high on the Rams. I picked them the other week when they beat the Seahawks. Uh, I, I I chose not to, uh, a few weeks later, uh, take the Rams, and they went and won anyway. And And the more I'm watching this, I'm on the other end of the boat with the Rams. Where I'm starting to believe in them, I think they're probably – the the best all-around football team in the West. I, I feel like their defense, um, you know, with Ramsey on one side and, and the defensive front that they have, it doesn't quite remind me of the Seahawks defense a few years ago, um, but I, I feel like it's as effective almost. And, um, you know, it looked like Henderson was falling off the rails a little bit in the running game, um, but Cam Akers appears to have picked up where he left off sure does. Uh, and as long as McVay has a running game he can make Jared Goff look great which he did this past week as well on a great rebound game for them um I like the I like the Rams now six is a lot of points especially against Bill Belichick um especially in like a, you know and, and this is a Super Bowl rematch uh from a a few years ago let's not forget the the most boring Super Bowl of the last few years <laughs> that's um, true. real sleeper I think this game's going to be a little bit more high scoring, but uh, give me golf in that running game uh, ahead of Cam Akers or uh, ahead of Cam Newton and, and the uh, and the Patriots. I think I think last week looks a little bit better than it was. Um, a lot of that was defensive, uh, and I think it's a little harder to key in on um, on McVeigh's offense than it is on a on a rookie quarterback uh, that that just hasn't seen those kind of looks. I think he took advantage of Herbert, uh, and I have him in my fantasy league, so I'm hoping that was just a one week slip for Herbert. Because <laughs> we need him going forward. So, Justin, don't panic. It's not your haircut. Don't change anything. You're going to be fine. Uh, but in this game, I'll take the Rams. Uh, and um, I'm going to take the over. All
0: right. Then we go to Sunday at 1 o'clock on CBS. You got the 11-1 defending Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, and now playoff-bound uh, Kansas City Chiefs, clinching this past Sunday, along with the New Orleans Saints, who's the only two teams that have uh, clinched so far, and I think uh, – the Jets and Bengals are your uh two teams that have been eliminated so far. Uh the Chiefs are a seven and a half point road favorite at eight and four Miami, who has to continue to win not only to keep their wild card hopes alive, but still still a game back in the uh in the AFC East. Uh, you know, so my my one of my two uh least likely scenarios uh last week already went awry uh because I said Tua would not take another snap. Uh, for the Dolphins this year, and he started and won, so uh, I was uh, I was off on that one. Um, but I, I will bring this up. Actually, no, I'll wait until the uh, the final game of our pickums. Um, I, I like the Chiefs here. I, I just you know we we've talked re- you know multiple times this season about good teams versus great teams, and and there are very few I think great teams in the National Football League this year. However. Uh, Kansas city is one of those, uh, great teams. So I think they're going to continue, uh, they winning ways. They're going to cover the seven and a half. I'm going to take the over. I-, I think, uh, you know, the chiefs offense is, is, is going to find ways to score, um, uh, on this Miami defense. So, uh, Kansas city in the over.
1: Yeah. I mean, you look at a, you're, you're looking at a Kansas city team that, that has pretty much been on, on the closest thing to a skid, uh, that I think they they've gone on all year. A couple of real close wins here uh, against Denver and, and Tampa Bay and uh, and Las Vegas. Uh, and even back uh, before their bye against uh, Carolina, that was a one-score game. So you have like four straight games. Defense hasn't looked great. Um, the defense actually uh, did look pretty great uh, all but against Denver, uh, but didn't manage to keep them in that game long enough to find a way to win. Um so it's kind of a struggle. I think this would be the ideal spot if the Chiefs were looking at, at moving that bye week at all. This is where you'd want it. You'd want a chance to, to kind of get that going. But at the same time, um, I am buying Miami as a, as a legitimate team. Uh, their defense, very effective, great on special teams. Uh, it's very rare that like that jumps out. Usually it's like a Bill Belichick stat for me to say, wow, what a great team on special teams. For that to like jump out at you. Um but um, but but the Dolphins are doing a lot on, on those two sides of the ball. Unfortunately, as long as two is under center, there's only so far the offense can <laughs> can can go. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, do I think the guy's got a very high ceiling for a career? Sure. Uh, you know, you saw, obviously saw a lot at Alabama. I, I, I think that you know the kid's athletic abilities, you know, um, uh, phenomenal. But but I don't I don't see anything. With the offense that's in place and the players that are there for him, I'm just not seeing it with two. I, I, I still think if you're trying to win this year, if it's Patrick's, your better bet. Yeah. Uh, and I will stick to that gun. Uh, yeah, I will agree with um, you. <laughs> you know, and I, and I think they're still just looking to the future. And if they fall into the playoffs, they fall in. I, I, I don't think they're playing. Um, but this is by far the best team in their most recent run. They're going to see. Uh, and I think that seven points is kind of tempting you to go with the Miami that's been playing. And I think it's wrong. I think you stick with Kansas City. Andy Reid's got to get this together. If their defense can show up at all and keep of the way he's been playing, I think you're going to see this one by a couple of scores. It's going to go over. Uh, and you can lock this one.
0: Oh, up. we got to lock. You better lock it
1: up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. My man my man, Big Red, now he's looking at being the number one record in, in football thanks to those uh, – the Steelers dropping one. Uh, I don't. I, I think he smells blood and a chance at a first-round bye. Get that bye week back.
0: Yeah, only one, of course, only one uh, bye week uh, this year in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So then we go to uh, Tampa Bay right down there in, in currently chilly Tampa Bay. And if that holds, uh, uh, I think Brady's going to be a little happier than the warmer weather we saw earlier this year. You got 6-6 six and six Minnesota staying alive in the playoff fight uh, because of their uh, overtime win over the Jaguars this past weekend, uh, they traveled to uh, the Buccaneers 7 and 5. Coming off the bye week, uh, six and a half point home favorite, 52 and a half is uh, your over under. One o'clock on uh, Fox. Um, you know, for me, you know, Minnesota, they've, they've just kind of been one of these baffling teams um, that going into the year, I felt like they're a defensive team who you need your offense to subsidize you. Now I feel like they're an offensive team who can't get their defense uh, to get on board. And, and, you know, to yeah, me, they were, an,
1: they were an offensive team pretty early in the year. They, they were very offensive. They absolutely were. Um,
0: <laughs> and to, like, to me, that, that's, that's a, that's a recipe for disaster. You're ever, you have a Tampa Bay offense that has been playing much better, you know, over the last couple weeks. Yeah. You had, you had a game where uh, Brady threw a few interceptions, but, You know, Gronk's starting to to look and feel like Gronk. Antonio Brown's even, you know, making a couple plays. Receivers are getting healthy. Brady's starting to find a relationship with Mike Evans. You know, all of these things should be very problematic if you're a Vikings fan right now. And especially coming off the bye. I I don't think you give Tom Brady uh, multiple weeks to prepare you. I don't care if it is in a, you know, big doofus, uh, you know, Bruce Arians offense. Dumbass! Um, you know, I think he's a, I think he's a crappy coach. But you give Tom Brady two weeks to prepare, and you have a defense that, that that can't stop Mike Glennon and the Jaguars. Uh, give me Tampa Bay, uh, to win this game. Give me Tampa Bay to cover the uh the the six and a half in this one. I'm going to take the under just because I, you know, I, I think that the Tampa Bay's defense has been playing well enough to slow down um the vikings but the most important part here is that you can lock it up
2: you better lock it up you better lock it up no you lock it up you lock it up lock it up Lock it up.
0: Hi, right, sean vikings and bucks
1: yeah i mean i, I think you're looking at, at this one and, and i'm kind of smelling the buccaneers a little bit different than than you are i'm a lot closer i can actually smell the stench of bruce arians from here um a lot going wrong. Uh, you, you tell me how well the offense is clicking now, and, and, I, and I guess you could say that. I think Mike Evans is doing well, but Mike Evans has his share of drops. Uh, they're still not real sure what they're doing with Antonio Brown. Gronk does seem to have woken up, but I feel like it only happens late in games because nothing else seems to be working. Uh, I'll give it to Ronald Jones. Rojo's doing everything he can down here to like be like, just run the ball like a normal <laughs> damn football team. You know what I mean? Like Just run the ball. I got you. And then they're like, yeah, we would do that, but um, we're just going to hit this guy deep and, and let Tom throw a pick. Um, the, the, the big issue you're seeing right now, and one of the reasons I think Gronk's starting, so I think Brady's getting frustrated because unlike what he always had in New England, he always had a pass catching back. Whether it was Burkhead, James White, those kind of things, they don't have that right now. And, and ironically, the Buccaneers uh, kind of have that guy. You have a LaShawn McCoy um, on your roster – Um, you also have a, a a young rookie in, um, uh, Vaughn, Kishon Vaughn, uh, who, who's very similar, that kind of, that kind of build. And and the fact that Arians refuses to get that kind of comfortability for Tom, I understand you're proud of your offense and you're proud of how good it is. And you're proud of your track record, but there comes a point where like, you kind of have to be like, well, this is the guy I have. And, and, and I got to win games. So I'm going the other way on Tampa. I think they're struggling to figure things out. And, and, um, and uh, as far as Minnesota goes, you have a tale of two teams. You're looking at six and six teams, ta- tale of two halves. Uh, started the season one and five since our five and one, uh, including uh, wins against the Green Bay Packers uh, and the Chicago Bears, who at the time uh, were both uh, Stop in it. an instrument. Stop
0: dramatic- it. The Bears. I know the
1: Bears aren't great, but at the time, they were uh, vying for first place in that division. Um, they did beat your Dallas. Uh, they did um, lose. Uh, to your Dallas Cowboys, still not quite sure what happened there, uh, but um, but yeah, they got in some tough games against Carolina and Jacksonville, um, but you know, you had Mike Glennon trying to like prove he's a quarterback, which I don't know if he did, not really, uh, but they found a way to win, and, and that's why I think they're going to do that again here today, I'm taking Minnesota to cover those points, uh, I'm taking them to win outright, I think Minnesota's going to come down here, uh, I, I just feel like Somehow, sportscasters and, and the real Buccaneers fans are still overconfident. Like, despite the slide, despite everything, I heard one uh, radio uh, sportscaster guy down here tell me that uh, he, he locked up that Tampa's still – he's like, stop it. Tampa is going to the playoffs. Like, it's this kind of overinflated, like, nothing can go wrong. And I'm like, things are going wrong. It's like sitting on the Hindenburg and be like, well, we haven't hit the ground yet. You know what I mean? Like, like things are falling apart. Like, Arians is calling out Brady. Brady's like trying not to call out Arians. Antonio Brown's just dying to blow <laughs> something up for a woman up. or something. Like he's just he's just like ready to explode. He's just like throw me a ball or I'm gonna slap a woman. You know what I mean? Like something. And then, um <laughs> ah, but, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm almost disappointed. I haven't heard anything from Antonio Brown, <laughs> but good for him. You know, i i I make my jokes, but but you know he seems to have put it together. Hopefully, At least hopefully, players yeah. Players At least he's got somebody covering up real well. Um oh, either way, um, I think it goes over. I think you're going to see a good bit of points. Kirk Cousins is playing, um, in my opinion, over the last few weeks, better football than Tom Brady has been. Uh, I think he's looked like a – I'm not saying he is a top eight or seven quarterback in the NFL, but he's looked yeah. like it over the past few weeks. Uh, and I think even though it's a tougher test, he finds a way to win this game. All
0: right, That easy. was a
1: long bit. Maybe it's because I live here. But I needed to get all of that out. <laughs> you you hear
0: all the sports radio and the sports talk down there, and you just had dying. To you just, just got to get, get it out. The team alive and uh, so yeah. you did say Vikings and the over, correct? Vikings
1: to win outright and the over.
0: All right, very good. Uh, and then we go and and this is what I was going to bring up earlier. Um, I believe last week uh, the difference in our two games is because not only did I pick the Reds, the Washington football team. Well done. To cover the 10 points, I said that the Washington football team would hand the Pittsburgh Steelers their very first loss of the year. I locked up the Washington football team, giving the Steelers their very first loss of the year.
1: Congratulations. I'd like to remind you that I locked up the Rams against the Seahawks when everybody thought I was a lunatic. That, that's so we good. both made our moments.
0: We did. We did. I just I just wanted to put it and on the record. We're still within
1: a game of each other, uh struggling somewhere around mediocrity.
0: We are. Well, that's the story of our life, Sean. Um yeah. but uh I just wanted to I wanted to put that back on the record. Well that, done. I'll the, give you your That, credit I, that there. I that I got that one. Uh, but those 11 and now one Steelers uh, are one and a half point road favorite at the uh, what looks to be a, 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 a surging Buffalo Bills team uh, at nine and three. Um, you know, I, they're they're actually starting to make me believers. you know, not that I was not that I thought they weren't a good team. Um, but they're starting to look like one of the few complete football teams uh, in the National Football League this season. Um, the Steelers at one and a half point road favorite 47 and a half is your, uh, over under what should be a very good Sunday night football game, uh, eight on NBC Sunday night. Um, I, I just, man, this, this Steelers team, It I, you know, I, I said it when the Cowboys almost beat them. I said it for a couple of weeks that, that this team, although they were still undefeated and I gave them credit for winning football games. They just did not look like a undefeated team. They didn't look like a great football team, and and they, they finally got that loss. Now, how do you respond to it? Do you do you come back and win? I think you're drawing a terrible matchup um, if you're trying to uh, to get a victory. I like the Bills to cover, win this game outright. I'm going to take the over because, quite frankly, um, you know, you lost Dupree uh, on, on the defense for the Steelers. I think they had a couple of injuries last night. Um, on that defense, so so you can't afford to lose pieces on a defense that's already somewhat struggling, uh, and you lost your best player in Dupree. Bills are going to win this game. I'm taking the over, but uh, you know I I think this uh, should be a pretty decent Sunday night game as far as they go.
1: Yeah, it should be a good one. I, I think I um I I will say this: the, the the Bills have looked good. I don't know if a few games ago, I think back when they were playing the Chiefs, and I. I really started railing on the uh, Bills' defense as a whole uh, if if the the team itself heard me. Now, this, you you know, you would think the defense had turned it around. Uh, I haven't really seen that they have. I mean, and and the wins, I I don't know how quality they are. Since the loss to the Chiefs and the Titans, uh, you have Jets, Seahawks. You can say what you want about the Seahawks' offense, but um, that defense of yours gave up 44 points to Russell Wilson despite scoring 34 yourselves. Um, you had a close win against New England, then you lost to Arizona, and then you went and you won two more, but it was against the Chargers and the Niners. So I'm not really sure how to how to handle these wins. I mean, um, yeah, you beat, you beat a rookie quarterback, but it's kind of a sieve of a defense in the Chargers and uh, the Niners defense. You hung up 34 against a pretty good defense, um, but you still gave up 24 to Nick Mullins. So I'm not really sure what the Bills are. Uh, and at least with the Steelers, I, I think coming out of a sloppy game, they, they kind of got caught off guard. Uh, I expect that offense to be clicking. And if the Bills can't figure out a defense, you're going to be looking at a score very similar to that Seattle game, uh, at least from the other offense. I think the Steelers can put it together, especially if and not that Connor's been a huge part of it. But if he can come back and they can have, a little I think he's
0: expected to, to be back off the yeah. uh, COVID. Like he was, I, I think he is. He yeah. was eligible last night, but because he hadn't practiced, I think they held him out.
1: Yeah, they held him out, and and much to their chagrin, as I think their leading rusher had like 14 yards. Uh, so I, I think it comes back a little bit more normal. I, I think the second and third receivers. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Bills can only cover one wide receiver. So when you have teams with multiple threats like the Seahawks and like the Steelers team, I think they struggle to get the coverage done. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and take the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, despite the fact that I'm with you thinking they're a little overrated uh, quite a bit. So uh, by the record's sake, uh, I think that they cover this one fairly easily. And I'll go with the over with you.
0: Speaking of uh, overrated, the Titans got hammered uh, by the Browns this weekend.
1: <laughs> well, they Although they did though. come back. Yeah, they did come yeah, back. they lost by a score. The Browns, how do you jump out to that kind of lead at halftime? Because they're the Browns. Yeah, this is fine. (laughs) Baker Mayfield could have thrown 10 10 touchdowns that game. Instead, he just just had the five from the first half. He's like, that's it. That's all I'm going to do today.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just enough to almost give me mild hope uh, to come back. So I went,
1: Baker, Baker. And he's like, what? I'm like, just remember you're Baker Mayfield. And he was like, oh, yeah, shoot.
0: All right, Sean, Before we uh, obviously before we close out this week, uh, we go to your weekly award, the Fantasy Irrelevant. Uh, touchdown of the week.
1: Fantasy irrelevant touchdown of the week. There's plenty of irrelevance to go around this week yet again. Uh, We had another Kyle Yuschek sighting. We had a Ty Johnson 100-yard performance for the New York Jets. Uh, And we also had a Jeremy McNichols rookie touchdown in Tennessee, Uh, not a Derrick Henry, Uh, but none of them. What the hell is even that? None of them made the list, not a one. So let's start with our honorable mention. We go to the Windy City. Uh, the Chicago Bears uh, doubled up uh, on the fantasy irrelevance with touchdowns by Corderell Patterson Ooh. and Cole Komet. Ooh. They're Ooh. your honorable mention candidates <laughs> for the week. They're not even in the top three, so we got some gold. Uh, third place. We go to Minnesota. This guy scores roughly two touchdowns a year uh, in a pass from, uh, from Kirk Cousins, which is the only reason it's not number one. C.J. Ham with his – Uh, his usual touchdown yeah cj ham sandwich uh here we go uh second we had a a double dipper uh from the big apple with the new york giants fantasy zombie alfred morris with two touchdowns on the week who
0: who who
1: who if you started him god bless you i hope you won your contest if you started him you're
0: probably in last place
1: and one of them was the ultimate because it was Colt McCoy to Alfred Morris on a, on Colt McCoy's only passing touchdown of the week. And you'd say, how is anyone going to beat Colt McCoy? I, to I'm, Alfred
0: you know McCoy? what, Sean? I'm actually shocked that the guy, the absentee owner in your league, that ended up deciding to show up and play this week just to beat me. I'm shocked he didn't have Alfred Morris. Pick up Alfred Morris. In I even to lineup. Look
1: at Alfred Morris. That's how sad in one of my leagues my running backs now. I was like Alfred Morris had a pretty good game in the last couple game. Should have started him. <laughs> Would have been better than uh than Todd Gurley. Anyway, uh you say how can anybody beat Colt McCoy to Alfred Morris for the fantasy? Well, I'll tell you. When your defense and special team scores three touchdowns and you start playing around with personnel, the New England Patriots with backup quarterback Jarrett Steedham who, in the game. Who
0: I was going against,
1: by the way. Slings one to Gunnar Olszewski. The Gunner, for who? The, Yeah, for the t- Who also added a punt return touchdown on the day. So if you had Alfred Morris and Gunner, you were having yourself a heck of a who day better than my this? fantasy day. And that is who your the, fantasy who, irrelevant the, who touchdowns. The is, who the hell is this? <laughs> fantasy irrelevant touchdowns. Of the week.
0: Absurd. Just absolutely absurd. <laughs> this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever... The
1: McNichols one almost made the list because Derrick Henry owners were just like dying out there. They're like, how are we not doing anything? And they're like, all right, we're on the one. And they're like, give it to the rook. <laughs> this kid's like, are you sure? Because Derrick Henry could probably eat me for lunch. They're like, just take his touchdown. Do what you want.
0: Just ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So congratulations. ridiculous. Congratulations, Gunner. You are this week's ridiculous, ridiculous, <laughs> fantasy irrelevant <laughs> touchdown of the week, Sean. Let people know uh, where they can follow you uh, before we get out of here.
1: Yeah, you know as usual, you can follow me on the on the Twitter machine at Sean Shine State S H A W N Sean Shine State. Uh, We are on the Twitter. Uh, Keep following the uh, Fantasy Irrelevant Touchdown of the Week. Don't always get to post them all the time. we got a little guy running around not watching football every day. Um, But stick closely as we get closer to the end of this uh, week 16, week 17. You might just might see a Fantasy Irrelevant Touchdown of the Year. We'll hang into that. Uh, But in the meantime, we'll just try to uh, wait for some warmer weather here in Florida and just keep enjoying that Buccaneers sports talk.
0: There you go. All right, you can follow me at Big Jim Sports, but uh, and just make sure you're following along uh, with the show. And we are at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. We are at Huddle Up Pod on Instagram. Follow our home network, NGSC Sports, and NGSC Sports.com. And uh, make sure you uh, check out the sponsor of the show, Arena Eats, at uh, arenaeats.app. That's arenaeats.app. Look, it's not going to be too long. We get back in these sports stadiums and uh, you're, gonna, you're not going to want to miss a minute of the action after all this time we've had to wait. So make sure you get the Arena Eats app, and you'll uh, be able to get your food delivered directly to your seat. Or you go to the bathroom, place the order while you're in line at the bathroom, swing by, pick it up. You'll never miss a minute of the action with Arena Eats. ArenaEats.app, that's ArenaEats.app. Until next week, folks, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.